Thank you for listening to a podcast of Rock Church. For more information on sermons and events, connect with us online at rockchurchnow.com or search Rock Church Now in the App Store. I've always, I've always loved the line, your light will shine when all else fades. I think I like it more than you. I said, I've always, always loved that line, your light will shine when all else fades. <laughs> Holy Spirit, Jesus, Lord, we need your light to shine now like never before. Would you make your light real to us today? In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, grab a seat if you can. Go to Ephesians chapter 6, get there in a little bit. Our theme for the year is real, right? It is just time for some real Christianity. I said, it's just time for some real Christianity. Centering around our real God, right? Centering around our real God. Uh, I'm on a weekly uh, pastor's Zoom small group. Um, and uh, it's pretty powerful. In the middle of a four-week series right now with this small group. And it's called Advancing the Kingdom of God. Sound pretty exciting to you? Um, and my mentor as well as the author of A Discipleship Journey. It's a discipleship manual. His name is Dave Buring. And uh, Dave said this. Uh, He said, uh, currently invisible to the human eye and unheard of by a vast number of people, the kingdom of God is nevertheless more real than all earthly kingdoms. And when I read that, all I can say is I felt like the Holy Spirit downloaded a message, a series, into my heart called More Real. So we're going to talk about that this week and next week, maybe maybe a third week, we'll see. You might be thinking, what is more real? What in the world is more real? The answer is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is more real. And I would also add this. The scriptural, the the spiritual world, the spiritual realm, the spiritual fight, now that I have your attention, is more real than our natural and or physical world in fight. I just lost half of you, all right? It's kind of where we're going, so I would just say buckle up a little bit. Now, I want to make sure that you understand that this is not a series for you to blame you know, the devil for all your problems. How many are grateful for that? Some are like, man, I thought I could just keep blaming the devil. No, you're not going to get away with that here at Rock Church, right? You know, I just spent some serious, serious money on getting my Jeep repaired. And I'm not rebuking or blaming the devil. I'm just not, I'm not doing that. I'm blaming the Michigan roads. All right, guys? Come on, right, right, yeah. Right. I'm blaming inflation. How many are feeling this just a little bit? All right. All right. And more real is not about us blaming the devil for all of our dysfunctions. Gotta stop doing that. 
It's not about blaming the devil for our lack of discipline. That's a whole new, new series right there. More real is not about us blaming the devil for all our fleshly, selfish behaviors, actions, and decisions. All right? That's, and I would also say this, that more real is not about us blaming the devil for all of our financial and or relationship struggles, battles, and conflicts. However, you're just not being real if you think the enemy is not involved in your financial stress. You're not being real if you don't think the enemy is involved in your emotional struggles. And you're not being real if you do not think the enemy is involved in your relationship storms. You're not being real if you think the enemy is not involved in your past, present, come on now, and and, and future fights, and your future attacks, and your future and or present opposition or obstacles, your past and or present what? Uh, 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 Fights when it comes to your trials and your battles. You're just not being real if you don't tie in the spiritual realm to some of this. I would say this. If you want to continue to be easy prey when it comes to, you know, the spiritual world and the spiritual fighting that we're called to, then just keep living as if the spiritual world is not real. Because some of us just, we, 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 we never want to dabble into this and we don't even realize it, that you are easy prey when you act like the physical world is more real than the spiritual world. You're just easy prey. I didn't say you were on your way to hell. You're just going to heaven as easy prey. We're making sense here. I got my wife saying, that's right, amen. I gave her 60 bucks to... Used to give her 30, then it was 40. I got to give her 60 to say amen. <laughs> this is not an auction, all right? <laughs> Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. I'm going to read from the Amplified Version. Apostle Paul, for our struggle, our battle, our fight, our wrestling is not against flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this present darkness. Against the, what kind of forces? What kind of forces? Spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly or the supernatural places and or realm. Now in part two of Moria, we'll get more into the fighting, right? We're gonna get into how, how the physical fight is not nearly as real as the spiritual fight. That's probably next week. Go to Colossians chapter one. We'll get there in a minute. Today, more real is about the two kingdoms. You're thinking, what two kingdoms? Well, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. The kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. Kingdom of light, sometimes called the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, and sometimes even just called Christ kingdom. Well, we're gonna talk about these two kingdoms. Kingdoms, darkness and light. 
I want you to know that they're more real than any worldly kingdoms today or any earthly empires ever. I'm not convinced that you're convinced. All right, so in Colossians, um, I'm going to read it right from the screen if you don't mind. Who's back there? Daniel? It says, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy, come on now, of the Lord and please him in every way. Next. Is there more? Bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you, you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. Whew, some good stuff, really good stuff there. In summary, the Apostle Paul saying this, in verse 13, he's basically saying, Jesus has rescued us from the kingdom, the dominion of darkness. Someone say, praise God. But he's also wanting us to understand that it's time for us to rescue some others that are in darkness, right? Verse 12, believers in Christ share in Christ's inheritance and in his kingdom of light. And Jesus wants us to share his kingdom of light with others, with outsiders. So what we want to do today is look at the contrast of kingdoms. The contrast of kingdoms. What kingdoms? Darkness and light. Probably more of a teaching than a preaching. Um, for us to see, listen, for us to see the kingdom of darkness and light that, 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 it's, that, it's, that it's more the contrast between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. For us to see that we, all we got to do is shut off the lights. That's all we got to do. And you see the real contrast. For us to see the contrast of the kingdom of darkness and light, all we got to do is turn on the lights. And you see the real contrast. How many just got a revelation right there, you know? Listen, culture's problem is Many have spiritually been weaned or lured into believing darkness and light kingdoms are not real or that they do not exist. The church's problem is we, we don't know the scriptures, so we lack the spiritual discernment to distinguish evil from good, right from wrong, hate from love, and darkness from light. With, with our house lights on or off, listen, we can physically see the difference between darkness and light. How many know that's a gimme? But what happens when the lights subtly go darker and darker and darker? Physically, we don't really need to discern because, you know, this darkness, because there's not a lot of danger for the most part, Right? However, spiritually, that simple illustration is more real and more dangerous. 
And today, here's what's going on. Many Christians have been subtly lured into the values of the kingdom of darkness and subtly weaned away from the values of the kingdom of light. Are you listening? So for us to be able to discern, for us to be able to distinguish the contrast of the two kingdoms, we need to know the values, the values of the two kingdoms. We're talking about the values of kingdom of darkness and light. Values are beliefs. They're behaviors that establish culture. Values are also convictions. They're practices, right, that create culture. If you go out to the Rock Cafe, you would see Rock Church's eight values. And these eight values, they help us to establish Rock Church culture. But more importantly, more real, our eight values help us to advance Christ's kingdom. Right? Well, the kingdom of darkness and light have contrasting cultures. And you say, well, why? Because the two kingdoms have contrasting values. They have contrasting beliefs and they have contrasting behaviors. I want you to listen to what Jesus said in John 18, 36. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would, have, would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now, my what? My kingdom is from another place. I'm just going to go with Christ's kingdom, Christ's culture, and Christ's values are different. Right? So, we're going to get into the contrast of kingdom culture and kingdom values. Number one... You know, we're going to talk about what is more real when it comes to the physical or the spiritual, right? Number one is the kingdom of darkness hides and the kingdom of light reveals. If you don't like the word reveals, how about exposes? Got your Bible? Go to John chapter 3. Now, spiritual darkness, it will expose other people's flaws, and other people's mistakes, and other people's errors, other people's shortcomings, as well as other people's sins. But spiritual darkness is also hiding our own flaws. Spiritual darkness will hide your own shortcomings, your own sins, and it doesn't get much more real than that. What was the first thing Adam and Eve did after they sinned? They hid. They covered their sin, and they hid from God. And I want you to know, there ain't anything new under the sun, S-U-N, and there ain't anything new under the sun, S-O-N. People practicing darkness, guys, listen. People practicing darkness are still hiding their sins, and they're still hiding from God. Ultimately, the kingdom of darkness hides truth. The kingdom of darkness hides truth. And ultimately, the kingdom of light, what does it do? It reveals, or it what? Exposes truth. And you might be out there going, well, truth about what? Truth about sin. What's going on? The kingdom of 
darkness is hiding the truth about sin, the kingdom of light is exposing the truth about sin. Truth about what else, pastor? Truth about salvation. Truth about eternity. The kingdom of darkness is hiding the truth about salvation and eternity. The kingdom of light is exposing it, revealing it. Morality and motives. What's going on? The kingdom of darkness is hiding real motives, right? The kingdom of darkness is hiding the truth about morality. The kingdom of light is exposing, revealing motives and morality. I would even go as far as to say the most important thing that the kingdom of darkness is hiding is the truth about Jesus, right? The truth about God's kingdom. What we're going to focus on more than anything is the kingdom of darkness is trying to get you to hide the truth about yourself, ourselves. Yet the kingdom of light is exposing ourselves, revealing ourselves. How many glad you came to Rock Church today? Wow. Darkness is hiding truth because truth sets us free. Right? Isn't that right? Isn't that the truth? Right? So darkness is hiding truth because truth sets us free. It sets, it sets us free from sin. What will set you free from sin? The truth. Some of us need to get set free from ourselves. How do I get free from myself? The truth. Right? Others of us need to get free from culture and or society. Well, what will get me free from believing what culture and society says? The truth. Right? Ultimately, the the kingdom of darkness, Satan's kingdom, doesn't like truth because when you hear truth, you get free from the kingdom of darkness. All right. So here's kind of what happens. Let's tell today's culture. Let's tell society. Let's tell our schools, starting with our universities. And then we'll wean our way to our elementaries. Let's tell today's culture that there are no absolute truths. Let's hide, let's deny what? The truth. Let's tell today's culture that they can have their own truth. Hence, we have a your truth movement. Let's tell today's culture that that they hate if they proclaim truth. Just crazy. Listen to this next statement. Proclaiming lies is now called love. Proclaiming truth is now called hate. How many think there may be something going wrong around here? If I lie to you about your lifestyle... I love you. Are you kidding me right now? If I tell you the truth about your beliefs and your behaviors, I I hate you. Don't tell me the enemy isn't doing some twisting on the topic of truth. If I was out in the crowd, I'd take a picture of that slide. Did I tell you to turn to John chapter 3? All right. Did you do it? Seven of you. All right. I'm going to read this right out of the word here. We'll start in verse... 16. You guys ever hear the scripture, John 3, 16? You're going to hear it right now. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. 
For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. This is the truth. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Some heavy stuff there, man. Everybody just thought all that was after John 3.16. What a shame for us to stop at John 3.16. I'm going to summarize some truths about darkness and light from that passage real fast. People love darkness instead of loving the light. Verse 19. Well, why? Because their deeds are evil. Their works, their lifestyle, their thought life are evil. Verse 19, I'm not making this up. People hate and they fear the light. Verse 20. How many of you heard that earlier? Let me read it again. Here's the question I have, because verse 20 says people hate and fear the light. The question I have is, who's the light? Who is the light? How many know Pastor Angela's not the light? Who's the light? And that's not a trick question. This is church. This is, that was a gimme. It's Sunday school. You don't know the answer? Just yell out Jesus. You're probably going to be pretty close. It says they hate the light. So who is hating who? I'm just asking you. Who in the world is hating who? You try to figure this stuff out by culture and just politics, you're going to be in big trouble. You got to get your nose in the book, right? right? Who's hating who? People in darkness, according to scripture, They hate Jesus. Who is the light? The question is why? Well, it said it. It clearly told us. Because the light exposes or reveals who they are. The light exposes who I am. The light exposes who you are. In fact, God's word says in Luke 21 and John 7 that the world will hate you, talking to believers, because of Jesus. Because of the Jesus in you, because of the light in you, this isn't the only area of Scripture that tells us that you and I are going to be what? We're going to be hated. 
When it comes to hate, here's, again, we have to decide if we are going to believe our culture's narrative or God's word. You've got to decide that. True, real believers hate darkness. I said true, real believers hate the darkness. They hate the lies. They hate the hiding. Real believers do not hate people. Can I get an amen in the house? If you don't believe me, read the whole book of 1 John. How can you say you love God if you hate your brother? Right? So real believers do not hate people. Real believers hate the pretending. The deceiving. When I see our culture being deceived, I don't care what you think of me, I hate that. I hate that. I don't hate the person, but I hate the fact that our culture is pretending and and being deceived and hiding in their sin. I I hate that. I'm just to love their pastor. You have to. I can show you scripture on that too. (laughs) Apostle Paul tells believers, in Romans 12, that our love must be sincere. He says, our love must be real. But he also tells us to hate evil, hate ungodliness, hate wickedness, hate sin, not the person, but the practices. Amen? Hate it. There should be a distaste of that stuff. How many are feeling this just a little bit? Seven of you. When unbelievers say, when unbelievers say they do not want to become a Christian because Christians are a bunch of hypocrites, there may be some truth to this. We talked about that the very first message of the year. But many times it's just a smokescreen. Because there's a deeper truth that's way more real. I did not become a Christian for two weeks after I heard the gospel. It took me about two weeks. Went to my my friends to Canada and almost didn't come back. How many know I'm talking about? That's a wake-up call, right? Two weeks after I heard the gospel, I gave my life to Jesus. Well, preach, why did it take you two weeks? Because I did not want to give up my life of darkness. I'm just being real right now. I did not want to give up my life of sin. I did not want to give up my life that was based on self. And I want you to know that that statement is way more real than blaming imperfect Christians. It's way more real. Now for you, it may have taken two hours. You may have been more righteous than me. Maybe the first time you heard the gospel, in two hours you gave your life to Jesus. I don't know. For others of you, it may have taken 25 years. Grandma shared the gospel with you at Christmas time of 1981 and you didn't give your life to Jesus till last week. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know what it took for you. 
The real reason why you waited and are waiting to follow Jesus the light is the question. Here's the question. Why are you waiting? Or why did you wait? I'm t- I told you why I waited. I wanted to stay in darkness. If you don't like the word real, just write primary. The real or primary reason behind why people do not want to become Christ followers is that the light, Jesus, reveals and exposes the truth about our evil, our hearts, and our sins. That's the real reason. You said, where did you get? I just read it. You want me to read John chapter 3 again, starting in verse 16? Again, the kingdom of light exposes. It reveals. It shines. It illuminates our sins. My sins. That's just what it does. Well, why does it illuminate our sins? To shame you. To guilt you. To expose the real you. Well, there might be some truth to that, but let me tell you a better way of saying that. The kingdom of light exposes and reveals our sins so that we will confess and repent of our sins. You see that? It's God's kindness. He wants you to turn from your sin so that you will see your need for grace, mercy, forgiveness, compassion, and salvation. So what God does is he shines his light to expose the real you and the real me. And when we see the real you and the real me, what does that do? That causes us to say, man, do I need forgiveness? Man, do I need grace? Man, do I need God's mercy? I need salvation. I can't save myself. There's just too much darkness in me, right? In John 3, 16 and 17, God reveals his love. And then just a few verses later, God reveals his light, right? And God is like this, I love you so much, I'm going to shine my light in your life to lead you to new life. Please don't miss that, that's the gospel. He shines his light in our lives. We realize we have darkness and sin and we need forgiveness. The light shines, and what does that cause us to do? That causes us to run and experience new life in Christ. Are you with me? Are you coming back next week? All right, we'll see. Go to Mark chapter 8. Again, we're talking about the contrast of kingdom cultures and values. Number one was darkness hides, light reveals, light exposes. Number two, the kingdom of darkness is about my life. The kingdom of light is about Christ's life. More specifically, Christ's life lived through your life. I want you to listen to what Jesus said to his disciples and what he said to the crowds in Mark chapter 8. I think that's really interesting because, and I'm generalizing here, but most of the time when Jesus talked, he would talk to his disciples or he would talk to the crowds. But this is a time where he's talking to his disciples, his disciplined followers, right? As well as the crowds who have not yet chosen to follow him. 
I just think that's kind of interesting. Uh, we'll start in verse 34. Then he, Jesus, called the crowds to him along with his disciples, and he said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up the cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel and for the kingdom, come on now, will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? I'm going to read verse 35 again real fast. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whatever loses a life for me, Jesus says, and for the gospel, the kingdom, will save it. Now, there's a lot going on there, but I'm just going to go with Jesus is looking for real conversions, not wimpy ones. All right? I mean, what he's looking for right there, I'm looking for some real followers. I'm going to get real, real here and find out who really wants to follow me, right? He's not looking for wimpy followers. He's looking for real followers. This is a great kingdom cultural value, value principle. And I don't want you to miss the contrast of the two kingdoms. The kingdom of darkness tells you to save your life. It is very self-centered. The kingdom of light says, give your life away and you'll find life and you'll experience real life. I don't know about you, but that's a little different. That's a, that's a contrast, right? The kingdom of darkness will tell you to put your life first. My dreams, my purpose, my plans, my way, my timing. I've said that one too many times. The kingdom of light will tell you to put your life in Christ first. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33. Classic scripture. But seek first his what? And his righteousness. We're going to talk about righteousness a little bit next week. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given. All these things will be added to you as well. Well, you were looking at someone who had a dream to be a major league baseball player. And after baseball turned into softball, I knew I had to hang up that dream. You know what I'm saying? So then my dream shifted, and I was going to be a sports announcer. How many could see me announcing sports? How many know I, when the Lions were having their rough years, I'd have tore them up? Uh, I would have been real, right? Then all of a sudden, I meet, I meet Jesus, and he begins to shift the way I look at my life. It begins to shift the way I, I, I look at my dreams. And instead of becoming a, a voice for athletes, I became a voice for Jesus. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? I don't say that arrogantly. I'm just saying once I went like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to give up my dreams and I'm going to follow your dreams. What happened was Jesus shifted. He shifted my dreams and I became a voice for him. Now, this is really important. Giving your life up for Christ's cause or Christ's kingdom or Christ's dreams doesn't always mean you will work at a church. Someone say, praise the Lord. You know? 
It also doesn't always mean you will have a worldwide ministry. Someone say, hallelujah, glory to God in the highest. The kingdom of light is often about you being a strong, powerful witness, voice, and light in the midst of darkness. Right? Not always about you, you know, just serving in ministry. We'll talk about that in a minute. And I want you to also listen to one other thing. This is a word for someone. I don't know who. But give your gifts. Give your job. Give your business to advance the kingdom of light. And you say, why? Your blessing will be more real than big bucks or a big name. I don't know how else to say it. What's coming later if you'll give your business to the Lord and to advance his kingdom, what's coming later is more real, more amazing, and immeasurably more. Thank you. All right. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Get there in a minute. We're talking about the contrast of kingdom cultures and values. Number three is the kingdom of darkness is about my ministry, the kingdom of light, is all about Christ's ministry. And today, these contrasting kingdoms are more real than ever in our churches and in our ministries. Jesus has called all, all, all of us into his ministry. And his ministry is all about reconciliation. And I'm going to show you that right now. We're in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Who's there? Who just lied in darkness? All right. Look at verse 17, Apostle Paul. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Love that stuff. I am not going to do that passage any justice right now. I'm not going to be able to expound, but I will at least say this. We are privileged, privileged to be used by the Holy Spirit to help others get reconciled to God. What a privilege it is to think for a second that the creator of the world says, I'm going to use you to help people get reconciled to God the Father through God the Son. Reconcile basically is just restore relationship. People are in darkness. The light shines on them. They realize that they are a sinner and God says, I've come to reconcile you, to restore you. Make you a new creation in Christ. 
And Paul also kind of ties in there that we have the ministry of reconciliation to one to another. It's not just, just reconcile people to God. That's the most important ministry. Can I get an amen? But also, we're called to the ministry of reconciliation to one another. That means if you know a brother and or sister in Christ are at odds, God is probably calling you to help mend the relationship. All right, you don't buy that one, but that's fine. Listen, we are not called to build our own kingdoms. We don't hoard people. We release people, contrasting kingdoms. We don't manipulate people to my ministry. How many know we inspire people to minister, contrasting kingdoms? We don't build our ministries. We join Christ's ministry and message of reconciliation. I know some of you might not like that, but you're not called to build your ministry or your kingdom. You're called to advance the kingdom of God. How? Through the ministry of reconciliation. I had to learn this the hard way. That's my head, all right? Let's try that again. That was a hard head. That was a dash to doodle, all right? Say, what is that? That's a hard head in Italian. That was a hard head. I had to learn this the hard way. What I mean by that is this. The more I let go and have a releasing people for ministry mindset, I let go and have a releasing people for ministry spirit and attitude, the more Christ's kingdom advanced and the more free my spirit got, right? And I'm just encouraging you, likewise, if you're trying to build your ministry and build your kingdom, let it go. Let it go. Remember when Apollo Creed told Rocky, or Apollo Creed's trainer told Apollo Creed, let it go. Don't mess with this man. I saw you beat him and beat him and beat him, and he kept getting up and getting up and getting up. Let it go. But Apollo Creed was like, I ain't letting it go. I want a, I want a rematch. Well, he got his rematch, all right? And I'm here to tell you, let it go. Put your ministry truly into Christ's hands and watch him build the kingdom of God. Amen? Watch him. And as you kind of do all this and hold on to everybody and try to keep people to you, you're in bondage. And you're missing out on what God really has for you. Back to John chapter 3. One more we're going to cover today. We're talking about the contrast of kingdom cultures and values. One, darkness hides, light reveals. Two, darkness is about my life. Light is about Christ's life in me. Number three, darkness builds my ministry. Light advances Christ's ministry. And number four, the kingdom of darkness blinds and the kingdom of light sees. And there's nothing more real than this. 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, we don't have for the screen, but it talks about how the God of this age, the devil, is blinding the minds of unbelievers. You read it. Why would he blind the minds of unbelievers? Well, Paul tells us, so that they cannot see the light of the gospel. I know some of us don't believe that. That's the problem. 
You don't believe that that's more real than the person's excuses of why they don't want to give their life to Christ. I'm trying to tell you that the God of this age, Paul says, Satan the snake himself has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel. And he calls, the Holy Spirit calls you and I to reveal truth, to begin to break down that blindness so that they can see the gospel. Amen? Isn't that incredible? I remember how spiritually blind I was. Anybody else out there spiritually blind? Or just me? At one time. I'm not talking about today. There's some people in this section, not my wife. You were flat out blinded by the light. I'm just saying. And don't make me sing it, all right? Just blind. I was in massive spiritual darkness. It's okay to say that, amen? I mean, when's the last time you thought about, wait, but before I was a Christian, oh yeah, I was, I was blinded, right? I was blinded. I, I could not see the gospel. Couldn't see truth. Then all of a sudden I got born again. I remember that. And I got born again. And, the, and I, I was so spiritually blind before I was born again. I was caught up in it and rebellion but once I got born again the light began to show me my place in God's kingdom I mean I was blinded by addiction and blinded by rebellion if my dad were up here he'd say you had a few other issues too son I'm just here to tell you I was blind couldn't see addiction the enemy was using right rebellion the enemy was using Playing the victim, the enemy. I constantly played the victim and pointed my finger at everybody else's attitudes and problems and I didn't allow the Lord to show me mine, right? But once I got born again, come on now. All of a sudden, I was able to see. The kingdom of darkness might have blinded you with stuff like addiction. I don't know. What's the enemy using on you, or what did the enemy use on you? Rebellion? Maybe it was religion. You want to talk about a, a blind spot? A lot of people have a form of religion, a form of godliness, and the enemy is using that to keep, keep them from the light of the true Savior, Jesus Christ. It's just true. So many caught up in self-righteousness, blinded by self-righteousness. I'll address that more next week. Others blinded by offenses. What the enemy was using in your life or is using is this concept of being offended. You have every right to be offended. You know what happened to me? And all the enemy is doing is licking his chops going, I got him, I got her, because they're more focused on being offended than the fact that they offended God. I'm just being real. The kingdom of darkness might be using pride. You know how we spell pride around here? P-R, big I-D-E, Right? He uses pride to blind us, right? Stinking thinking. Stinking thinking. Thinking lowly of yourself or thinking too high of yourself. Both are extremes. Are you with me? 
kingdom of darkness will use pain and scars to keep you in darkness, to keep you blind. Kingdom of darkness will use spiritual performance, get you caught up in trying to get your good to outweigh your bad, cause you to perform for the Lord's love, right? And even man-made rituals, the kingdom of darkness will use those things to blind you. I want you to listen to what Jesus said about his kingdom back in John chapter 3. Just before John 3, 16, we'll be in John 3, 3. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. I'm going to ask that you stand. Listen, Jesus is talking about his kingdom. He wants you and I to be able to see his kingdom. But what you have to understand is simply this. Unless you're born again, you, 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 you can't see the kingdom. You can't see the kingdom. 94.6% of the stuff I just preached, you're like, I can't wait to get out of here. Contrast in the kingdoms that we're talking about, you can't see. You're judging me, preacher? No, I'm just telling you what Jesus said. Jesus said you can't see the, the kingdom values. You can't see kingdom beliefs unless you're born again. He said you can't see kingdom behaviors and kingdom motives unless you're born again. He's like, until you're born again, you cannot see kingdom causes. Why are these Christians always fighting for these weird causes? Because they're born again. And they can see the cause of the kingdom. You can't see the priorities of the kingdom unless you're what? Born again. You gotta be born again to be able to see the kingdom. And Jesus is like, Listen, I want you to be able to see the kingdom. But for you to be able to see the values the culture of the kingdom, you got to be born again. That's is what, is what Jesus is saying. And then he doubles down. Sweet baby Jesus doubles down. And he's like, unless you're born again, you can't what? Enter the kingdom. So first he says, you can't, even, you can't see the values of the kingdom. And then he's like, you're not going to be able to enter my kingdom unless you are what? Born again. You're born, if you get born again, here's the thing, you get to start seeing kingdom values, kingdom priorities, kingdom principles, right? Yeah. 
you get to enter the kingdom of God. When Jesus calls us home or you die, I'm just saying. But you only get to enter his kingdom if, if, if you're born again. So what does Jesus do to try to get you to be born again? He shines his light in all of our darkness. And in March of 19, that's what he did to me. He shined his light in my darkness. And I had enough humility to admit I needed his grace and his mercy. And in an instant, I was a new creation who was born again, right? This isn't about this, this is about you. Where are you at? Are you gonna allow Jesus to shine his light in your heart to expose some things in there that need to be exposed so that he can begin to forgive and heal those things. That's, that's really how it works. So we'll start to my left real quick. You're like, it's time for me to get born again. I'm okay with Jesus shining his light in my life because I realize I need his lordship in my life. Anybody to my far left here with a raised hand, you would say, preacher, it's time for me to become born again, anybody. It's just kind of how we do it here at Rock Church. It's not gonna be hitting, right? Not every eye closed and head down. It's every head up and every eye open because we want to we bring it in the light, right? Anybody, anybody to my far right? There's a girl right there, hallelujah. There's yeah. one. You're gonna start, you're gonna start seeing the kingdom of God. It's gonna be awesome. Little by little, the Lord's gonna be revealing aspects of his kingdom to you. Anybody else to my far right with a raised hand, you would say, it's time for me to get born again, start fresh, get a brand new start in life. It's incredible. Right? How about in the center here with a raised hand, you're like, it's time for me. There's a couple of hands right here. Oh, right there, present hand. You're going to start seeing the kingdom of God, right? Priorities are going to change. Attitudes are going to change. Why did you just elbow her? Okay, no, no, no. no. I'm just, that's what's going to happen. Little, little by little, the Lord's going to reveal his kingdom to you, his, his values, his standards. It's just incredible. Amen? How many know? It is. You know? And both of you eventually get to enter the kingdom of God. Why? Because of how great you are? No, because you got born again. And, and you admitted you needed Christ's righteousness. Can I ask you two ladies to come out and stand on this carpet over here? We're not going to do anything weird. We're not going to do anything weird. Come on. We're just going to pray. He'll come with you. Yeah, we're not going to do anything weird. All we're going to do is pray. We have somebody back there? Well, if that's true, come on down. We're not going to. All right, hallelujah. Thank you. I love it. Way to go. I was blinded by the light, all right? Way to go. So here's what's going to happen. All right, we're going to pray. And they're going to join in with you. They're not going to say they're not going to move. They're going to act. Listen up. I'm going to say a prayer, a sentence or two. You're going to repeat it, but so are they. 
right? Because the Bible talks about confessing the Lordship of Jesus Christ. It's not just raise a hand as a start, but confession is really when the born again experience begins to happen. All right? So it's important that we confess. All right? So everybody in the house say, Jesus! Jesus! I give you my life. life. Right now, Jesus. I turn from my ways and I ask you to shine your light in my life and in my journey. Help me, Jesus, to see truth because it's your truth that sets me free. Right now, Jesus, I repent. I turn. I confess my need for you. And I thank you for being born again. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody shouted. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Altar's going to be open, but just a couple things real quick. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of light is more real than all the kingdoms in this earth ever, right? One more truth. Church, we will never be as effective in advancing Christ's kingdom until we realize that the spiritual world, the spiritual realm, and fight is more real than the physical and natural world. That's huge. Altars open. If you're out there and you need prayer, come to my left. For anything, the prayer team will be here. If you just want to worship King Jesus by yourself, to my right. That concludes this week's podcast. To stay up to date with all things Rock Church, you can find us on Facebook and on Instagram as Rock Church MI.